Me again, Kenton Gears, bringing you another episode of Locked On Wolfpack. And today's episode is brought to you by Upside. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Now, folks, we are going to get into uh, all of the position groups that I hadn't talked about yet. I only talked about the linemen so far, so we've got a lot to get through uh, today as well as a prediction. I will try to keep it all in one episode, but if I get a little long-winded, if I go on a little of those uh, the preacher speeches that I, I, I do from time to time, I'll make sure to bring you another episode that has the full prediction as well as any position groups that we did not get to. But we're going to start this thing off with the linebackers, the defensive backs, uh, and the running backs, and hopefully we can get to the quarterbacks as well. So stick around for all that and more on today's episode of Locked on Wolfpack. You are Locked on Wolfpack, your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack, part of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. All righty. So uh, in today's episode, again, we're going to talk about the the different position groups that we got. And I tried to get some uh, in that are going to be more easy to get out of the way and, and tell you about some guys from Florida State that you should be a little more familiar with uh, in terms of their defense. Now, I talked about the defensive line last episode, but we're going to talk about the guys that the defensive line makes look good. Of course, we're talking about the linebackers and the DBs. All right. So for the linebacking core, uh, I believe that Tatum – uh, Tatum Bethune and Kalen Deloach and DJ Lundy are their main three guys, right? Those are the three that you'll see the most, even though the, uh, Bethune is the the heart and soul of his defense in certain ways. Deloach, he's, he, he is a good weak side linebacker. Uh, Lundy is a little bit more of a downhill, you know, he's a, he's a big thumper. He reminds me a lot of Dante Hightower. Um, if you remember that name at all, but these three linebackers are good. They're good. They're not, they're no slouches. And again, with what we have seen out of our backs and tight ends as pass catchers so far this season, I think that we have enough to get open to create some separation, to potentially do some things in that regard. But also, I think that they're pliable enough that we could do some things in the run game as well. So we'll see um how they're coming into how they're coming into this game. But they're they're pretty good. Uh, Bethune is second on the team in tackles. Deloach, I want to say, is fourth. They're both again, both very quality linebackers. Uh, both do their thing as far as Bethune is a transfer from UCF. Very sideline to sideline. Had over a hundred tackles last year. Three interceptions, all that good stuff. And so you're looking at a linebacker that has some versatility. Has a lot of different things he can do. Same thing with Deloach. Uh, Deloach is a little less mobile than uh, Bethune, but. Still very good. Lundy will probably be the least mobile of the three, but again, still a very hard hitter. A a true when he comes and fills a gap, that gap is filled. That don't worry about that gap. Don't whatever you got going on, maybe not there. Maybe not where that guy is. You need to find another spot. So with that in mind, I think their linebacker core is good. And they've got some depth pieces behind them. They got some young guys coming in behind them that are pretty good. Pretty good. With that being said, that's not NC State's linebacking core. I think that uh, some guys off the second unit um, for NC State could potentially start at Florida State. And that's not disrespect to them. That's not saying that they're uh, bad players by any means. But this is one of the few, because normally there is, 
the, you'll start to see a theme as I go through these position groups. But normally you don't see a situation where our young guys are so talented that there is uh, no doubt in my mind that, you know, if Devon Betty was over there, he'd be a starter right away. If, if some of our other guys pool, I feel like, would be another guy that could potentially start over there. But we have what we have uh, for for right now. So obviously I give the Wolfpack a decided edge in the linebacking core. With that said, just because I gave the Wolfpack an edge in a decided edge in this, do not be surprised if you see Tatum Bethune and Deloach make some plays. Don't be surprised. They're big time players now. They're big time players. Okay. I'm not saying they're first rounders. I'm not saying they're all Americans. They will make some plays. They're they're very capable linebackers. They are good linebackers. Okay. Not saying great, not saying elite. They're good. This is a good linebacking core. They're good at what they do. Next thing. So, obviously, the side advantage goes to state there. Next thing is we've got to talk about the defensive backs. Now, here's the thing. When we talk about the defensive backs, I want to I want to say this Florida State defensive backfield is has one thing in excuse me, has one thing in common with the defensive backfields that we've seen out of Florida state in the past. And that thing that they have in common is that this group is very talented. They are very, very, very talented. However, they lack discipline. They lack discipline. Let me tell you how talented this group is of the top five tacklers on the team. Three of them are defensive backs. Three of them. That's not something that you see Every day, these defensive backs are not afraid to to stick their nose up in the run game. They're not afraid to make a tackle. They're not. None of those things scare these guys, right? Jamie Robinson is like a a, a heat seeking missile, a little bit of a, a pit bull. He is a not a very big guy at all, right? He's a guy that I want to say they got him listed at five eleven, and I don't seen the tape. I don't seen the tape. I don't know if that man is any taller than 5'10", maybe maybe a little shorter than that. But with that being said, uh, Jamie Robinson is always going to stick his nose in into the uh, – if you're throwing screens out to the perimeter or, or if you're asking him to make a tackle, he's not afraid to do so. That's not something that he's going to shy away from. And you could probably say the same thing about Renardo Green and Akeem Dent, both, again, two guys that if you need them to mix it up, if you need them to stick their nose in things, they will not have a problem doing so. So with that in mind, this becomes a, a very clear situation of, okay, what needs to happen in order for you to get big plays against a defensive backfield that is so willing to hit and that is so aggressive? Well, uh, once again, Wake Forest has shown us the recipe, right? You've got to go over the top of them. You've got to go with the double moves. You've got to trust that they will do, um, they will be aggressive enough to where it is to their detriment. That's the deal here. That's the the crux of this whole thing. Once you get into that space with this team, you're you're in the money. You're in a good spot to where you can do some things that's gonna hurt this team. And that's just the reality of what you're looking at there. So uh with that in mind, this defensive backfield is good. They're they're very talented. I think in a couple years, they could have one of the best defensive backs in the ACC, let alone the country. It's possible. It's possible. Is there Again, most of these guys in their defensive backfield, fairly young, fairly inexperienced. They've, they've all got some uh, eligibility left on them. 
So with that being said, I think NC State has the better defensive backfield simply because of experience, simply because these guys have have seen more, done more. They've the reality is when you talk about um, what you're looking at with Robinson and, and Green and Dent, you're looking at a bunch of guys that, again, they have made some big plays and all that good stuff. They've they've done some good things and all that. I don't think that they have the same amount of experience, especially in big games, games that are meaningful as NC State does. And this game is very meaningful for, I believe, both programs. Um, this game is meaningful to see, like, all right, is Florida State actually back being good and relevant? And is NC State a serious team? Because serious teams don't let one loss turn into two, turn into three. They they don't. Serious teams don't let that happen. And don't get me wrong. I don't want to hear, oh, well, plenty of teams have done that and still won nine games. Da, da, da. Sure, you won nine games, but you weren't serious about achieving your potential because there is no way under God's green there's a not no way under God's green but there's a very very limited chance that you were good enough to win nine games but not good enough to beat any one of the teams that you played over certain three game stretches that's hard to believe so with that being said um the defensive back battle I want to say I want to say it will go to state on the side of edge however however uh, Pitts being out the first half because of targeting against DJU uh, last game is is going to be that one is going to be a, a, a that is an ejection or a suspension that stings a little bit for NC State from the standpoint of they have huge receivers in in Wilson in McClendon they've got some really really big receivers okay and so when you have receivers that big. You need big body DBs. I'm sorry, not McClendon, McLean. And, and having guys that big on the edge, uh, you need other big body corners. You need longer corners to be out there to uh, defend and, and all those good things. And the only corner that we have that's over six feet that's going to be available for the first half, I want to say, is uh, Tayshawn Smith, who hasn't played much this year. So, that's you know that's a, a situation where I want to give state the decided advantage, but lacking pits for the first half, I'd say a slight edge. I'd say a very very slight edge to NC State. So much so that I'm kind of I kind of want to go to push. I kind of want to go to push, but I give the edge to state. I give a very very slight edge to state in that regard. So that's that's just what I see there. That's what I think is is going to happen in terms of. Or that's what I think in terms of which group has performed better, has shown me more so far. And speaking of showing more, inflation has us showing more and more out of our wallets than ever, from cringing at the pump to eye-popping checks at our favorite restaurants. Well, inflation is hitting us all, and trust me, it hurts, and that's why I started using Upside. Upside is the incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. With every purchase, I'm earning cash back thanks to Upside. To get started, download the free Upside app Use promo code LOCKED to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business, pay as usual with a credit or debit card, and get paid. In comparison to credit card rewards or loyalty programs, you can earn up to three times more cash back with Upside. Upside users are earning more than million, uh, more than a million dollars every week. That's probably why they have a 4.8 
star rating on the App Store. Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCK to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCK. So now we've got to go to the other side of the ball. We have got to get to the offensive players and let's talk about the backs and tight ends. The backs and tight ends are a very curious case for me because, and I, I normally like to keep the tight end separate, but then I thought about it last week and I'm like the running backs, fullbacks, fullbacks aren't really a thing that much in college football anymore. And like, you don't want to spend a ton of time dedicated to just tight ends, especially when uh, the tight ends that we've seen thus far is, you know, a tight end is another position where it's like kind of merging in the H back, kind of becoming a different thing, all that good stuff. So when I talk about the running backs and tight ends, okay, uh, Florida State's running backs started off the season in historic fashion. They literally had the first ever time of 300 yard rushers in one game in program history, I believe, or, or maybe it's been a very, very long time since it happened, but that was against Duquesne, but still that's an impressive feat nonetheless. So when you look at these running backs, you're talking about Treshawn Ward and, and Trey Benson and Lawrence uh, Tofili. You've got three guys all averaging over four and a half yards of carry. You've got three guys who they can all do different things. They all do different things, but they all do their thing well, right? So the reality is when you're talking about um, who these guys are, how they do what they do, the question becomes, you know, can we compete and can we keep up? with this backfield, man for man, player for player, pound for pound? And my answer is absolutely not. Absolutely not. If we're going like, luckily, this is not how football works. But if this was a matchup in terms of um, Sumo and Houston up against Ward, Benson, and Tofili, Tofili, um, they would they would uh, have a, a great time with that matchup. Uh, don't get me wrong. I think Michael Allen has looked good in spurts. I, I think... Uh, that Demarcus Jones has looked good in spurts and, and all that good stuff. The reality is I don't think that we have a third back in the rotation that matches what they've got over there. And again, tight end is a situation for us where like, do we, do we really want to talk about that right now? And don't get me wrong. Don't get me wrong. Y'all know I love me some tutor. Y'all know I do. Y'all know I do. So let's not pretend like I'm, I'm a, 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 a Chris Tootle hater. I, he's a really good ball player. In and of his own right, I nickname I coined the name Touchdown Toodle because he always seemed to find his way in the end zone some way, somehow. But with that being said, again, I just don't think that we have the same. I don't think that we have the same type of uh, horses in the stable when it comes to who's coming out of the backfield and who's catching passes as tight ends for us. I don't. I don't. And that's that's with all due respect there. That's not. That's not saying that anybody is, you know, that we're terrible and we don't have anybody that's worth talking about or anything like that. Not saying that. Not saying that in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So I don't want anybody to put that in my mouth and say, oh, it did. well, Ken said that we don't have any. No, we do. But in terms of their backs to our backs, that, that three-headed monster, they're good. They're, they are a very, uh, very good trio. And, I mean – Let's do simple math here. Three is more than two, right? Like, let's do, I mean, I, I hate to be that guy, but let's do some pretty simple math here. Now, like I said, the benefit is football is not played in a way that it matters how many good backs you have 
because you can only put but so many of them on the field at once. Like, that's the reality. That is the reality there. So we're good from that standpoint. It's, it's not something that we should be too worried about and, and, you know, pulling our hair out over and all that good stuff. There's no need. There is no need from that regard. But with that being said, this is still a, a situation where Florida State definitely has an edge in terms of uh, overall talent. This is a clear, clear cut. Uh, Florida State, in terms of backs and tight ends, they've got that matchup. They've got that matchup uh, by a mile. Now, the receivers, this is the most interesting one for me. This is the most interesting one for me because there, there's always one battle every week that I, I go back and forth with and I struggle with and I toss and turn with and I say, man, who needs the nod and why? Here's the thing. A lot of people say, well, Florida State, I think, has a better uh, receiving core by a lot because, of, of course, you talk about Johnny Wilson, you talk about uh, – you talk about Johnny Wilson and Ontario Wilson. You talk about Micah Pittman. You talk about a lot of really good players. You talk about some really good players and players that every game there has been a different leading receiver for Florida State. So that gives them a bonus as well. That, that definitely the ability of unpredictability is that is massive because you can't as a defense say, I'm hey, if we take this guy out. We're good to go. Right. The same way the teams to a certain degree can say, hey. If we take out there, Thomas, their passing game is going to struggle. That He is Devin Leary's safety blanket. He is the guy that makes Devin Leary feel warm and cozy inside when he's when the pocket's collapsing. He knows Thayer's going to be down there somewhere. We can take him away. We can do some things with it. That is not necessarily the case for Florida State because, again, they've got dudes all over the place. And also, their dudes either have a ton of size or a ton of speed. However. The only thing, the only thing that is a worry to me about these receivers to a degree is y'all couldn't do much with Wake Forest defense. That, my friends, is concerning. That, I'm sorry to tell you, and I know I know a large part of that was due to Jordan Travis, um, you know, getting sacked and getting beat up on in the pocket. I understand that. I'm not saying that, that that's not a big factor in what, what happened there. But I'm just saying this is – that is a, a defense that – it's hard for me to say like, oh, it makes sense that you weren't able to muster much up against those guys. It's hard. That is very, very hard for me to accept. With that being said, um, again, Wilson and McLean – Two huge, huge guys, both over 6'4", both uh, outside receivers that are just jump ball threats. They will kill you in the red zone if you let them. Um, not only that, Wilson can fly. He's got some wheels on him. But speaking of folks who can fly, um, Ontario Wilson is another guy. He can run a little bit. He can do some things as far as uh, if you saw the first game of the year against LSU I want to say he got behind the defense on the um flea flicker I believe it was so yeah Ontario Wilson he's he's a taller guy as well six feet tall but he can fly he's got some wheels on him he can move he's it, that's a that's a tough one to to keep up with and I know you're thinking well why would it be tough if you're naming all these good things about their receivers because our receivers again if you watch the tape our receivers are getting open our receivers are making tough catches. Our receiver, 
the team still have not figured out Porter Rooks up the seam for whatever reason, which I don't know why we don't go to more. But alas, we don't. Teams have still not figured out Porter Rooks up the seam. Keala Sane has come on strong this year. Has come on strong this year. The Maryland transfer Jones, I'm not as sure about. I haven't seen um, a ton of really good things out of him on film, but Devin Carter doesn't seem to have as much of a problem with concentration drops this year, which I said was the next step in him becoming a really, really good player. So with that being said, I think that people underrate the Wolfpack receiving core because we have struggled early this season. However, I don't think it's been on the, and I don't think it's been the receiving core's fault uh, that we have struggled the way we have offensively this year. So I, I would give Florida state an edge there. I would give them an edge. I, I think that they have a, a noticeable edge, but I don't think it's it's like a world beating. Um, you know, we don't. There's no way that we can that we can keep up and and you know uh, make this thing a, a competition. There, we'll be back in just a second to land this thing. But let's get a few words in from our local sponsors. And we're back. I told you I wanted to get in everything. I wanted to get in everything. I wanted to get in Ken's keys. I wanted to get in. Um, the quarterback position. I wanted to get in uh, the NC State wins if, Florida State wins if. But at the moment, we're we're kind of running out of time here. Thank God this is an 8 p.m. kickoff, so folks aren't going to start tailgating for some time. But, again, stick around. We'll get through all that. But, again, linebackers, I think State has the advantage, decided advantage there. Uh, defensive backs, I think State has a slight edge there because, again, Florida State's defensive backs are, while being more talented pound for pound, I think they're uh, aggressive to a point of a little out of control at times, a little reckless at times, which could cause problems in that regard. Running backs and tight ends, I give Florida State a, a de- definite advantage there. I don't think anybody would, would have any questions there. Florida uh, Wide receivers, another group where Florida State has the advantage. They have not only have more talent, but more production as well. So I think that that's clear. Uh, Stick around for the next episode where we're going to go over the quarterback position as well as Kitten's Keys, as well as Wolfpack wins if, the Nose win if, on the next episode of Locked on Wolfpack. Thank you all so very much for coming out, Wolfpack Nation. Peace and love, y'all. And as always, go Pack. You are Locked on Wolfpack. Your daily podcast on the NC State Wolfpack. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. 